Hi, it's Phil Brown. I'm here with David Whelan, and today we're going to talk about uh, retainer agreements and engagement letters. One of the things you may want to think about when you're starting to set out your relationship with your client is how you are going to explain to them the types of technology you use and how the technology that you use will impact their information and their communications with you. And, and I think that's right. And, and maybe the first things a lawyer or a paralegal should consider is, you know, am I going to use an engagement letter or retainer letter? And the answer is you should. Um, and the other thing is it really is the contract that you have that sets out uh, what is expected of you and what's expected of the client and how that whole relationship is going to be treated. And one of the debates that seems to arise is, do I really need to tell my clients about the technology I'm using, isn't that the same as describing where I keep my money in my bank account and other aspects of my practice? What do you think about that? Right, all things that you, you don't necessarily want to share with my your, your client. You know, how often do I restock the photocopier and you know, how often do I buy new technology and how up-to-date are my computers? All of those things I don't think you should share necessarily with a client. Uh, I think it's more likely that, and, and more reasonable that your client's going to want to know where is my confidential information going to be stored? How are you going to communicate with me? Are you going to be sending me emails? Uh, do you use a service like Gmail in the cloud? Uh, do you have your own server-based email with your own domain? Uh, I think that that's important information for a client to have so they can make a choice and or possibly opt out of that means of communication. Yes, it seems that if you're trying to be clear about uh, what roles are and what obligations are and what the risks are, uh, that you would want to include that. Uh, I think you make a great point, though, Phil, that there are really a couple of choices. One, you can leave it out, and I wouldn't recommend leaving out the discussion. Um, But even if you uh, decide to put it in, you really have two choices. One is to say, you know what? These are the technologies I use in my practice. I've developed my practice around using these technologies, and either you're willing to have me use these technologies or you won't be able to have me as your lawyer. The other way is to say, you know what? I've got all these technologies, but I've also got another way to do some of these things so that if you want to opt out of some of these elements, uh, I can allow you to do so, and we can work out different ways for me to communicate rather than using email, for example, or uh, other ways to uh, deal with your information. Right. And, and I mean, it's the, the client's confidential information that you're storing. You are responsible for its confidentiality. And, and one of the things that they're going to want to know is, you know, where is this information going to be stored? Is it in a bucket in your office? Is it in a safe? Is it electronically uh, kept somewhere else? It seems fair to say that the client should be able to choose uh, if, if they're uncomfortable, for example, having their information moving from country to country or being stored on servers in a particular country. Uh, and, and I don't know that uh, there's really any good or bad country from that perspective. Um, but there may be in particular cases or particular matters that there are certain countries where you don't want to store your information. Um, that letting the, the client know to the extent that you yourself are able to know uh, where the information is being stored, that, that would be helpful. And, and you bring up two points. One, I guess, is do you even know where that information is going to be stored? And, and I know with some uh, law firms and, and lawyers and paralegals, the, the cloud service that they may use may just be a, a front for a hosting service somewhere else. Um, I mean, they may not have the information themselves. They may be renting space on, on servers in California or New York or England or someplace else. I think that's a great point. The 
if you use a service, for example, like Dropbox, which seems to be one of the common ones that you find lawyers using, uh, there's a good chance that all of your information is actually being stored in the United States. So you have to have that discussion uh, or at least uh, um, explanation with your client. Um, but I think uh, that's almost a best case because you'll know you can find that information out from Dropbox, for example. Uh, with Google, if you ask them where their servers are, they won't necessarily tell you where the servers are and, and uh, which ones you're using. So um, it really is, is something where if that's going to be a concern with your client in a particular matter, better to have that discussion up front than uh, at, at the end when the client's complaining. Right. And the other point I wanted to make was uh, you might have a client who has a particular sensitivity uh, with the country that your information is going to be stored in. Maybe they have assets in the U.S. or maybe they're under investigation in the U.S., and they aren't going to want you to store their confidential information in that country's servers. That's a great point. I think another thing to think about is how it's stored. What sort of encryption is, is applied to it, um, how the information is taken care of. How would you share that sort of information with the client? Right. I, I think I'd, I'd want the client to know whether or not the information was uh, encrypted by a third party if I, you know, sent my information into a practice management software system, for instance, in the cloud, and the information, although it's encrypted both on the way to that uh, that third party and on their site, uh, I think there's no doubt that if they were uh, subject to some sort of search warrant, they would give up that information. I think the other thing the client might want to know is, uh, you know, are you going to pre-encrypt that information before you upload it into the cloud? And I think that's uh, something fair to put in a retainer agreement. Yes, I think it'll it'll be tricky as far as the topic in the engagement letter not to get too technical into the details, uh, which also might change based on uh, whether you change services in the middle of the matter. You, you, those sorts of details may change too. Right. So how the information is stored might be one thing you want to tell them. Um, also, how you're going to access that information later, maybe if the file's closed, will they still be able to get that information if it's stored someplace? Uh, are there any costs associated with recovering that information? Um, I think those are important points to put in a retainer agreement as well. Yes, and, and some of this you may not know or it may change over time. Um, but if you have an opportunity and if, if you've really done your work uh, as you're setting up the technologies that you're using in your practice, you probably have a sense of what these costs or what the uh, considerations would be uh, that you can incorporate uh, and at least just give your, your client a sense of maybe not every detail but uh, the, the scope of uh, how you're using technology. Right. And, and I don't think the retainer agreement necessarily has to be boilerplate. I think uh, depending on the, the client that you have, uh, you can be somewhat flexible and change certain parts of it as you go, depending on the client's needs. And that's a great point. I mean, the, the key to this whole thing is it is, uh, you know, it's client communication, it's engagement, it's, it's how their understanding of what the relationship they have with a lawyer or paralegal is. That's right. And I think you'll find that there's a, a spectrum where some may be uh, reluctant, uh, either because of their, the matter or because of their own technology skills, uh, to use the technology or to, uh, to agree to use it in the way that you want to. But I think you'll also find clients at the other end who will really uh, uh, appreciate the technology that you're using, uh, the productivity that you're, gains that you're getting out of it, uh, and potentially the ability for you to share with them uh, using things like uh, file sharing online or other tools that are built into case management products so that they can actually stay up to date on the information that's going on in their matter uh, without having to contact you. Sure. It's a good idea to tell the client, hey, I'm using all this technology um, and it's going to reduce your costs. Right. I'm, I'm more efficient. I'm using technology. Uh, one of the requirements uh, lawyers and paralegals have. 
Um, I suppose the other thing is it's a good idea to tell them what your destruction policy is. Yes, uh, it's probably good to spell out how you're going to do that. And if you've got all this uh, electronic data uh, stashed out there, um, what you're going to do with it when the matter's over, how are you going to store it? Uh, are you going to pull it down off cloud servers if that's where you've got it? Or, or if you've got it in your office, um, are you going to delete it off hard drives, that sort of thing? Right. That's our look at engagement letters and retainer agreements. Thanks, David. Thanks, Phil.